Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Welcome to tonight's Andrea K. Show. It is Friday Eve. Thank Jesus. Yeah, except I'm not actually excited about tomorrow coming. Y'all know more about that tomorrow. You'll hear a big announcement here on the Andrea K. Show. But we're going to have fun tomorrow night because it's Friday. We're going to have Friday fun day. You know what? With things, for a while I've been saying that it didn't really matter. I still do the welcome in each individual day, talk about hump day, Monday, whatever. Um, for a while, though, it was like every day was Saturday. Every day was Monday. There was no difference. Now with everything reopening, people are going to go back to like being happy for hump day. Friday Eve's going to have, have. Absolutely. Right. Thank you, Maxine. It's going gonna, it's gonna to start to make sense, won't it, Maxine? It's Absolutely. Ca- that's right. More sense than Joe Biden is making. Uh, don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Great show for you guys tonight. As the as America is desperate to reopen. If you guys saw the New York Post cover today of a New Yorker um, saying this must end now. New York City is dying. Actually, New York City is dead. Whether or not it's going to be able to be revived is another question. Is somebody going to be able to bring it back to life? Okay, it's been basically it's been underwater, under the ice for a while. It's been dragged, uh, you know, uh, out of the ice. You know, like people fall under the ice on a on a frozen lake, and uh, the, the, now that now it's got to be pulled. The body has to be pulled on the shore and resuscitated. And pretty much that's in some ways where we're at across the country. 2.4 million Americans today filed for unemployment. At least a fourth of small businesses and restaurants are expected to never reopen. We know large chains have gone under. So when I posted the picture of the New York Post cover today, some people thought, well, that's what New York gets. No, there is no state in this country that is not either dead on life support or in massive need of resuscitation. There And by the way, there is no free. You are not in a state right now, even as a Republican, in which you can brag that your state's got 100% right and everybody is living free. If anybody is wearing, is being told they can't reopen without a mask, or you can't go, in, you can't go into a store and shop, you got to do curbside pickup, you're not free. We, uh, uh, we, there's two doctors in this country that are, are continuing to call the shots, Meanwhile, 600 doctors wrote a letter 
yesterday to the government talking about the how we are not just murdering the economy. We are murdering Americans en masse. We are killing Americans. We are creating all kinds of disorders and issues. On tonight's show, I've got an immunologist, uh, the, the Lone Star Liberty Doctor out of Texas. Dr. Steve is going to be here to give his medical perspective on it. He is an immunologist because I know I talk a lot and I've given a lot of my opinions about the mask and about social distancing and this stuff. Well, you're going to hear it from a doctor himself as to why the easing, removing these shutdowns is why we've got cases declining across the country and why that has to happen. There's poll numbers out today saying that Biden is up over Trump by 14, 15 points. I mean, who's buying that nonsense? Particularly right now when you can see when Democrats are begging to have the jackboot of tyranny off the necks of everybody. It is clear what the choice is in this country for this country in November. I think it's the reason why that California 25 seat was a bellwether, that Mike Garcia won, right? And he, and because the choice is clear for the American people. You can either you can either choose Venezuela or you can choose to keep America great, right? The choice is freedom or communism. So we've got in, in, in that vein, I was excited to invite on Nick Adams, who has a book out talking about comparing President Trump and Winston Churchill, a hero of mine. And you're going to hear him give his comparisons on that. We've got some other hot topics we've got to talk about tonight, including Massimo, man, say it ain't so. We got lots to talk about. 888-344-1170. I'd love to hear from you, though, if you are in San Diego, if you have a business that um, you don't think should be reopened. You, you, you're going to choose to stay closed. I'd love to hear from that because I, I, I'm not sure that there's any business out there, DJ Carrot Sticks, that's happy or any worker out there right now. Because that, something else that they're pushing is this poll that the majority of Americans don't want anything to be reopened because they're scared to death. I don't believe it. But maybe that's how you think. Give me a call, 888-344-1170. All that being said, it's now time to bring in the real magic, the real magic behind the show. It's DJ Carrot Sticks. DJ Carrot Sticks. <laughs> So these people are scared for things to open, but they weren't scared enough to go to the poll and do this voting thing, huh? I guess not, right? <laughs> um, I don't believe it. I don't believe I'm not believing any of these polls. Just like there was some study that, that I don't believe. In, uh, this is what I was talking about last night, why I never bought into this stuff from the beginning. Because and the, it, as Judge Judy says, if it doesn't make sense, it's not true. And much of this doesn't make sense. Does it make sense to you guys to hear that some study came out that says that if we if we had done the social distancing thing a week sooner, 35,000 lives would have been saved. Do you believe that, Carrot Sticks? Well, I don't believe that, really. And I, I heard that this morning, and I just thought, my first thought was, well, what if, what if China didn't lie about it to begin with? Well, the, well, well, the thing is, is that there is absolutely no that that's the kind of thing that, that some theory that people throw out there that's based on absolutely nothing. Trump can't can't tout the benefits of hydro hydroxychloroquine, even though hundreds of doctors have said that it's saving thousands of lives because we don't have any anecdotal evidence on that. But somebody can put out some study based on nothing to say that if we had done social distancing one week sooner, this exact number of people would have been saved. The models projecting deaths were bald-faced lies 
We find out yesterday that the CDC telling us, oh, psych, it's not contam- it's not picked up, it's spread on contaminated surfaces. After three months now, people have been like OCD everywhere using wipes and gloves. And and that's why, you know, uh, you've got the, the card readers and grocery stores covered in plastic. And you can't go, oh, don't you dare go grab that shopping cart. That hasn't been disinfected. I mean, the disinfecting of everything was based on a falsehood, a false narrative. I, there's absolutely nothing that is believable at this point. Nothing that's believable. President Trump, I don't want to hear about the CDC is going to have more guidelines coming out because the, everything that they've done, including the shutting down, the economic murder and slaughter of this country was based on nonsense. So the same people now are going to give us more guidelines. No, we need to just completely reopen. I could be wrong, but we're going to have um, Dr. Steve is going to be here in a minute. Um, I'm looking. One of the reasons why we know that study can't be it can't be in any way based in anything serious, DJ Carrot Sticks, is we've been talking, as many people have, since this whole social distancing stuff came about with the stay-at-home orders. Um, there ain't social distancing going on. I mean, you may see it a little bit when you're at the checkout line because, you know, the, the guy, at the, the Vons in La Jolla is like Barney Fife. You know, if you step one inch past the marker on the floor, he's going to yell at you, you know, and direct you to the cash register that's open. But I've been in Walmart enough. I've been in Target enough. I've been in CVS enough to know that ain't nobody social distancing. I've been on sidewalks enough to know nobody's social distancing out there. It's not happening. Except maybe, the one instance, maybe on the beach in terms of sitting, because we've got police running up and down the, uh, in fascist police state, citing people and arresting people. We have criminals being let loose all over this country while Americans are being arrested and sent, and sent to jail for sitting on a beach. That's where we're at. Um, but uh, we're going to talk more about the shutdowns uh, in a minute with uh, Dr. Steve. I did want to, because I, I fear that if I don't get to it now, um, I, I might not get to it later on in the show. I wanted to talk about a couple of things that really should be getting a whole lot of press, but it's absolutely not. Um, because then that's one of the that's one of the goals of this coronavirus thing in the shutdown. They can they can control the the narrative that as we're going into a general election, they can control the news cycle by hyping the fear. Like I turned on Fox. I hadn't watched Fox News in a while. I turned it on and it was at the top of the hour at 11 a.m. And, and I think it whoever that is, I don't remember the host was um, as we at the second that we are starting to open up everywhere. Now it's oh, my gosh. She opens the show by talking about how this is the highest uh, case count globally around the world since it started. Well, we've doing massive testing everywhere, but if it's it's. It's all constant fear-mongering, controlling the conversation and the news cycle to drown out anything else of any importance. Like the fact that the the um, committee chairman of the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee, Ron Johnson, announced that he plans to subpoena Blue Star Strategies for records to reveal potential conflicts of interest in Biden's role in the board of Burisma. So they're going to put, uh, they're going to subpoena records and it would cover records dating back to January of 2013 regarding the work for Burisma Holdings and individuals associated with the founder of, of, of Burisma, which is Mikola Sovjeski or whatever her name is. This woman, what's part of the story here is that this woman, the founder of Burisma, uh, remember Marie Yovanovitch, the U.S. ambassador that Trump fired? She claimed that she didn't know anything at all about Marisma. 
It just wasn't, no, there wasn't anything untoward going on. And no, she didn't know anything about Burisma. No, the Democrat Party wasn't doing anything to try to cover up and to try to, you know, make that situation go away or make it better. Come to find out she had actually met with this founder. She had met with this founder. There's more information coming out about this. Um, But this Blue Star, what it's about is that Hunter Biden joined Burisma in April 2014. At the time, he's the one who connected Burisma with Blue Star to help Burisma fight corruption charges. And at the time, that's when Biden supposedly got $900,000 because at the same time we've got this this story that the Homeland Security Committee is going to subpoena records for Burisma, it's in part because a leaked phone conversation came out yesterday by a Ukrainian official of Joe Biden talking about, oh, now we can release that billion dollars to you now that you've got Shokin out of the way. And this guy says that he has proof that at the time this was going on, that um, that Burisma paid Joe Biden $900,000 in lobbying fees. The Burisma poop might be about to hit the fan. The chickens might be about to come home to roost. And oh, by the way, oh, we're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to come to Dr. Steve. There's there's some more that's, that's uh, to talk about later on in connection with this, as well as... Uh, Jerry Nadler and the Supreme Court. So we got lots to talk about later. Stay tuned. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. A-K, Dynamite and Address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Friday Eve here. Eve of the Eve, I hope, of a full reopening of the United States of America. I think we're all in agreement with the uh, the gentleman who who wrote the cover in the article on New York Post today. Joining me now to give this medical perspective, actually, because y'all know, like I said in the open, I've been yammering for a while about all this nonsense about... Uh, that uh, we need to forget the mask, we need to reopen America, that, you know, it's not a general population pandemic. It's specific to uh, the elderly and those with comorbidity. But I could be wrong, and that's why I'm excited to have this doctor with me tonight. He's he's the Lone Star Liberty doctor out of Texas. You know, they do everything bigger in Texas, including the reopening, I'm sure. It's Dr. Steve Hotsey, and he is the founder and CEO, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, of Hotsey. Hotsey, Hotsey Health and Wellness Center in Houston, Texas, and the best-selling author of Hormones, Health, and Happiness. Hi, Dr. Steve. Welcome to the show. Listen, it's great to be on. And uh, welcome to you from Texas, Houston, Texas, as a matter of fact. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I, and listen, you, you call, what did you call me, the Lone Star Liberty Doctor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I called myself Doc Patriot out here, Doc Patriot, but... I like that. Lone Star Liberty Doctor. Yes, ma'am. That's right. talking to him. I am so excited to hear a southern accent. Have you ever heard of a little town called Slidell outside New Orleans? Well, sure I've heard of Slidell. It's right across the river. Well, Slidell's across Lake Pontchartrain from New Orleans. Yeah, Lake Pontchartrain. Lake, Lake Pontchartrain from New Orleans. Yeah, so, um, so I'm, not, I'm from not very far from Houston. So I'm glad to... I'm always glad to hear a Southern accent, doctor. So let me get your medical perspective because um, the, the, and I could be wrong because the numbers are showing that as states are reopening, cases and death rates 
are declining. I'm not sure how to trust that because none of the numbers we've received so far have been accurate. We were sold uh, a shutdown based on grossly, negligently, horrendously inflated right. number, inflated totally. numbers. We have had death counts inflated. People, you yeah. know, you 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 die parachuting, you know, out of a, out of a plane, and they're gonna they're gonna say that it's a COVID death. They're doing right. everything that they can to stoke fear. We know at the same time that a sick economy creates sick people, and that people aren't getting cancer treatments, not getting diagnosed for cancer, we're creating all kinds of mental health issues. Um, but and so I've made the case from the jump that we should not have done any lockdowns at all. I also don't agree in them in masks or social distancing, just like there's been no anecdotal evidence to to justify the lockdowns in order to do it. There's been no anecdotal or other evidence to justify those um, draconian regulations that are being posed on business. Am I wrong? Ma'am, you're 100% right, and I'm going to say amen and amen, and you said it all. There's nothing more that needs to be said. You're right on target. You make more sense than all these knuckleheads that are government-paid bureaucrats that are trying to create a rational fear, mass hysteria, panic among the public, and the, you know who's stoking it. It's the fake news media, of course, and the politicians that are demigods like that Los Angeles mayor and Newsom, your governor, and, and, and uh, Cuomo, and the whole bunch, Whitmer, the whole bunch of them are just... Look, they want to destroy the economy. This is not about your health. Folks, if you think the government loves your health, let me sell you some uh, beachfront property in Arizona. There is no way these guys care about your health. Why would Cuomo go send all these people with COVID into a nursing home to live there? Hello? And kill all the other people. Why why would he do that? Ma'am, these people are in it for sheer power. That's what they wanted. They want to destroy the economy. Why do they want to destroy the economy? so they can impose their communist, socialist, Marxist system on America. That's what they are. They're totalitarians, authoritarians, like Hitler, like Stalin, like Mao Tse-Sung, like um, Castro, like um, Maduro down in, in Venezuela. These guys want all power, and they want to control your life, and they want you to bow down and worship them. That's what they want. And you, I've never seen... So many power-hungry people when they – I mean, little county judges, all of a sudden they get – they assume this power and they tell people what they have to wear, where they can go. If they can go to a restaurant, they shut businesses down, all all contrary to the United States and the various state constitutions, particularly Texas. Look, you have it bad out there. You think Texas has it? Great. We've got a Republican governor. He shut down – he and the lieutenant governor shut down all the businesses in the, in the at the end of March – and for two months, our businesses have been shut down. Now they're slowly letting them come back. Oh, he's a good governor. He's letting us go back to work. It's kind of like somebody putting you in slavery for no reason, and they slowly let you come out a day at a time and to put you back in the cage. These, look, and I thought, and look, I'm, and Andrea, I filed, I'm, the pre, I'm not only the head of uh, the Hotsey Health and Wellness Center, which does natural approaches to health. So I have a vested interest in helping people build up healthy immune systems without pharmaceutical drugs. But I'm also the president and CEO of Conservative Republicans of Texas. And I have been for 20 some odd years. We're a con- hey, the Republican Party in Texas isn't conservative enough, so we have to have a conservative Republican Party of Texas. And we we have we have been very successful in getting good people in office, but now we're fighting the governor and the lieutenant governor. And I filed suits against the governor because he had his lockdown of businesses and churches, mm-hmm. and now he's letting them go back. 
And also, they've come out now with what you know is coming in California. It's already started in Washington across the country. This whole concept of of, of surveillance and contact tracing, which is what they want. They want to get every one of you, all you sheeple out there with your masks on, they go like, like Linus, and you got your—you can't get your thumb in your mouth like Linus could when he carried his when he carried his <laughs> little bitty rug. I mean, he could at least put his thumb in your mouth, but you can't because you're wearing your silly mask. Oh, because it's going to help me, and I feel safer with my mask on. Listen, I, uh, hey Andrew, I will send you my um, my uh, commercial that I have on TV on Fox News, national news in the Houston area, six six million population. And it talks, I, I get on and say, hey, look, masks are worthless. They're, they're worthless props. And even Dr. Fauci agrees with me. And I've got him on Fox News, March 8, saying, all these masks, they aren't worth nothing. You don't need to put on masks. They don't do anything for you. If you mm-hmm. think you feel good, maybe it'll make you feel better. That's what he said. What and do you I've think about the social that. distancing? What about the six-foot oh, social? Man, that's the stupidest thing in the world. Give me a break. What need look. What, why would you social distance? So I'm not, I, I don't get in contact with the germ. Hey, folks, all you germaphobes out there, and you're more of them than we used to have. You want to wash your hands all the time. You don't want to touch your face. Oh, you don't want to pick your nose. Oh, my gosh, you don't want to get near anybody. My gosh, if I do, a coronavirus is going to jump all over me. And I'm yeah. Come on. Look get at what's a, happening. Life, folks. Well, look wait, at the, wait a minute. Listen to, yeah. listen to this about, let me tell you about that. The virus is a nanoparticle. It goes in and out of masks. It, the masks don't protect you at all. They're transmitted through masks. Social distancing, my gosh, the viruses are nanoparticles. They spread all over buildings. They get in the, get in the air conditioner system. You can't escape it. We've all come in contact with it. How are we alive at whatever age you are? Do you know what? Every day you come in contact with trillions of germs, they cover your body. Hey, folks, you got staph epidermis by a trillion all over your skin. In your mouth, you've got hundreds of different different types of bacteria, trillions of them in your colon, everywhere. Yeah. They're on the kitchen counter. They're in your bed. Guess what? The little dog that jumps on your bed and kisses you on the cheek is covered with germs. Dr. 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 Hotsey, let me, let me interject here because i got to ask a couple questions be- before we go. Um, you know, I, I had some, I was out uh, walking my dog a couple days ago, nowhere near anybody. When a man starts screaming at me, an older gentleman who, you know, this is not a general population pandemic. It mainly affects the seniors. So I'm not sure why right, this right, man, sure, he sure. should have been, he should have been self-quarantining. Not me as a younger person and completely healthy with a healthy immune system, standing with my dog with nobody around me. And he starts screaming at me, you're supposed to get off the sidewalk if you don't have a mask on, which is not even, even, not even Newsom has said anything that stupid. The hysteria that has gotten implanted in the mind, it's gone. They, they, they so fear mongered, Dr. Hotseed. That they've taken people from being panicked into phobia. Now we've got millions of Americans with a mental disorder that they can't be out. They can't stand to see somebody without a mask on. How do we cure that? How do we cure that? Ma'am, I don't look. It's I think they've hurt the psyche of Americans. And God forbid these poor people don't realize that God's given you an immune system. If you keep it healthy, you don't have to worry about it. And if you're 80, and if you're 85, right, well, let's talk about the seniors or 65 or 70 with comorbidity. You know, it it sounds really horrible to say, but look, if you've got pre-existing health conditions for crying out loud, you're unhealthy. You got a, you got a bad immune system, build it up, eat healthy, cut out your simple carbs and sugars, which depress the immune system. Take vitamin A, B, C, D, and Z, A, B, C, D, and Z, just like you learned at grade school, vitamin A, 
B-complex, high doses of vitamin C, vitamin D3, and take zinc. Take that plus a probiotic and eat healthy, get a good night's sleep and exercise. Folks, you'll do well. That's how you build up your system. You've got to have a strong immune system. And if you're and 85 you and, and if you're 85 yeah. and you've got comorbidity, chances are, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, you're you're likely to succumb to to something you've at that point. It's called old age. Lifespan. If you're a man, you've already had to live your lifespan by almost 10 years. Come on. Yeah. Who dies? The average age is over 80 years of age. It's not affecting the workers, and there's, those are the people, they took off work because they didn't yeah. want us to spread. We don't need to worry about it. Well, Dr. Steve, send me that commercial. I'd be happy to play it on, on air here. And um, every, love it. everybody also needs to get your book, Hormones, Health, and Happiness. Health and Happiness. Yes. And also have one, do a 180 and take charge of your health. That's what you need to do, folks. Thank you. Listen, thank you so much, Andrea, for taking a stand. I admire you. Well, I admire you, too. Glad to meet you. God God bless you, young lady. You too. Take good care. All right, now stay tuned because we've got Nick Adams with us next. Going to compare and contrast Donald J. Trump and the man, Winston Churchill. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Bringing the world a much-needed reality check. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. The uh, President Trump made a visit to Michigan today and went to the Ford plant. And in advance of his visit, the Attorney General for the state of Michigan issued a threat, saying, first of all, I guess issued a statement or, or sent sent a message to the White House that Trump better show up in a mask, okay? Otherwise, there might be some hell to pay. So then the same AG, uh, Attorney General of Michigan, sent a message to the businesses hosting Trump and said, uh, if Trump shows up without a mask and y'all let him in, we're going to be coming after y'all. So everybody was was waiting today. Was Trump going to wear a mask or was he not going to wear a mask? And I'm thinking, of course he's not going to wear a mask. I mean, would, would, in, would anybody think for Trump to show up in a mask, would him to be just completely abandon everything about who he is as a person, as a leader and as a politician? And I think it might be the kind of thing with Winston Churchill might have done back in the day. But I could be wrong here to join me to talk about what the, these two men have in common. President Trump and Winston Churchill is the author of Trump and Churchill. It's Nick Adams, and he's a four time bestselling author. Uh, you've probably seen him many times on Fox News. He also uh, runs the Foundation for Liberty and American Greatness, which is an organization that teaches civics and history. Oh, how, many, how much do I talk about how we, we need to get civics and history back in our schools? And, it, he, and his organization helps inspire students on the power of the American dream. Welcome to the show, Nick Adams. Hello, Andrew. It's a pleasure to join you and your listeners. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. First of all, you're Australian, and here you are writing a book comparing two of the greatest leaders in the history of the world, neither an Australian. And um, I, I love this because it, it, as I was reading about the book, I hadn't really put these two together. I mean, I thought about the fact that Churchill was a part of defeating Nazism and, you know, Trump faces, you know, now defeating communism in our own country. But just the individuals themselves, I really didn't think in terms of of them being anything alike. How do they how do they compare? 
Well, it's a really good question, Andrea, and, and let me just very mildly correct you. Uh, I, you're right, 100%. Obviously, my accent didn't fool you. I couldn't tell you I was from South San Diego. Uh, <laughs> I am originally from Australia, but I'm now an American, and uh, I definitely have skin in the game. Uh, but you're quite right. Both Winston Churchill and Donald Trump are not Americans. Uh, I learned a lot about Churchill because in Australia, Churchill's a really big deal, as you can probably imagine. And uh, Donald Trump, I've been a lifelong admirer of. I read The Art of the Deal when I was just 14 years old. Now, on first blush, Andrea, there really isn't all that much in common. One was five foot six and loved to drink. The other is a six foot three teetotaler. Um, One was famous for napping in his pajamas every opportunity he got. Uh, Donald Trump, by all accounts, barely sleeps. One was this great, soaring, compelling orator. The other, not so much. Uh, One began their career by introducing tariffs, the other by opposing them. But as soon as you start to drill down, you find that the two men are actually remarkably similar. Neither concealed their true self or conformed to expectations, Andrea. Both were alpha males, clear thinkers, plain speakers, Both endured battles with the establishment. Both had an acrimonious relationship with the media. Uh, Both followed monumentally weak predecessors. Of course, Churchill had Neville Chamberlain. And to say that Chamberlain had the spine of a jellyfish would be unkind to jellyfish. (laughs) Much in the same way Barack Obama, also extraordinarily weak and apologising for America at every Mm -hmm. opportunity. Uh, So that juxtaposition, I think, only served to magnify both Trump and Churchill's leadership qualities. Uh, I I think this is such an important time to be talking about this. You know, with everything going on with the coronavirus, so much of it, 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 the 24-hour coverage of it, you know, Trump has done – the best that he could with it. He's getting criticized all day long that people, there's some some polls supposedly came out, Nick saying that, that Biden, like by a 20 point difference, Joe Biden would do a better job with the coronavirus. You know, I I don't know how, I mean, Trump was ahead of the game. He was a forward thinker when he stopped travel coming in from China on this. Um, He's worked with the experts as he's supposed to do. He got, when the CDC couldn't get any, any testing done off the ground, he worked with private enterprise to get the testing done to provide PPE and all this coordinating with with governors everywhere. It's been extraordinary leadership. Um, But because the mainstream media has been, you know, beating the drum all day long, uh, you know, in order to run him down and extend the lockdowns past the election, uh, you know, it's it's got even conservatives so in panic that everybody's as we're going into the general election for, you know, it's the only topic everybody's talking about. People are kind of forgetting who this man is and and that I, I don't know what Churchill's life was like before, you know, he got into politics. But President Trump, I know that both men love their country and President Trump loves this country more than any uh, any uh, politician, I think, in my lifetime, including even Ronald Reagan. And he has sacrificed sacrificed his life and and doesn't take a dime for it in order to save this country. And he is literally fighting to save this country, just like Churchill was fighting to save his country. Yes. Oh yeah. There's a lot there, but without a doubt, uh, all of everything you've just said, I, I really agree with 
Look, both Trump and Churchill had something very much in common, and that is the gift of prescience. They were always able to kind of be ahead of it and always end up knowing what's going to happen. It's a almost intangible gift and one that every leader wishes they could have. Uh, and we've seen this throughout Donald Trump's career. Every time he's taken action or he's made a statement, he's lampooned for it, he's derided for it, he's mocked and scorned for it. And he always ends up being right. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was right to ban travel from China, as you point out. He was right about the number of ventilators, it turned out. He was right about hydroxychloroquine, it turns out. He was right when he said that the numbers would start to recede when the warmer weather came. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's been ahead of the curve on the vaccine. Uh, So he's done an extraordinary job in my mind. Now, all of the criticism that President Trump has received while dealing with this invisible enemy, Andrea, Winston Churchill received the same kind of stuff. In my new book, Trump and Churchill, Defenders of Western Civilization, we go and reproduce excerpts from British national newspapers in the late 1930s, early 1940s about what was written about Winston Churchill then. And I tell you that if I didn't tell you that those excerpts were from British national newspapers about Winston Churchill, you would think, sight unseen, just hearing the words, that they were about Donald Trump in the Washington Post or the New York Times. The criticisms are, are identical, overconfident, too optimistic, doesn't listen to anyone else around them. Uh, doesn't take this seriously. So we're really seeing history being played out again. I think that Donald Trump is not only going to win the next election, Andrea, I think he's going to win by an even greater margin than what he did in 2016. I don't think Beijing Biden, Sleepy Joe, <laughs> uh, has got a has got a chance um, because this president made this economy great again and he's going to make it great again Again, well, he we need we need him to be reelected because the future of the Western civilization is literally at stake. And if if, if Trump doesn't win reelection, America is done as we know it. And then and then look at the impact on the world. This country and our free market system that is that is on the brink of um, being murdered if we don't reopen soon uh, is. The system that has provided the greatest amount of humanitarian and military aid around the world since it started. So, you know, so Western civilization and the world is on the brink right now if if President Trump doesn't get reelected. And I don't think I'm overstating that. Not at all. Not at all. Absolutely not. I mean, the reality is that the world's fortunes travel with the United States. When America is strong, the world is strong. When America is weak, the world is a weak and dangerous place. And you don't have to take my uh, word for that. We saw that with Barack Obama and, and what a weak America meant for the world. Uh, so it's very important to have a leader that is unapologetic and proud and makes us feel comfortable to celebrate our country and, and be patriotic. It's really important to have a leader that stands up for our values and says, you know, I like America being the way that it's always been. And I think and it's going- – excuse me for interrupting. I was just thinking about another thing that's similar to the, them is the fact that um, you're right that they were both brash and rough around the edges and, you know, um, it, in, in different ways. And, you know, yet they're – 
two incredibly successful leaders. And I think the message, the, the, the lesson to be learned is, you know, um, so much criticism of President Trump is, oh, they don't like his tweets or they don't like how he says this. Well, what do you, what's more important to you, results or, or, or flowery language? Well, exactly. And both Churchill and Trump are disruptors, Andrea, catalysts for change. And a disruptor is never going to be loved. A disruptor is always going to be controversial uh, and unpopular amongst those that uh, belong to the elite and and belong to the conformity, the way that things have always been Mm -hmm. done. Mm -hmm. Uh, But ultimately, the greatest leaders are those that uh, turn over the table and say, right, we're Mm -hmm. doing this, this and this wrong. We need to start doing this, this and this. And that's what we're going to do. Get behind us or get out of the way. Well, I can't wait to read your book. When I went to London, my regret was that I didn't get to spend even more time in Churchill's war rooms because I just was absolutely, I'm sure you've been there, and it was just absolutely extraordinary uh, to be there down there in the bunkers and see uh, where, where, and even where he slept and see his handwritten notes and the maps and, and everything that he did as a, as a leader during the war. And so he's a personal hero of mine and I can't wait to read your book. Thank you. It's pretty incredible, but uh, you don't have to go all the way to England. You can <laughs> go to Fulton, Missouri and uh, where he gave the iron curtain speech. And there's a great little Churchill museum there as well. I didn't know that. There you go. I had no idea. I'm going to have to go there. Well, yes. thank you. Thank you so much, Nick Adams. I cannot wait to read this book. It's Trump and Churchill, Defenders of Western Civilization. And let me know that the, the future of Western civilization, which rests on the shoulders of, of America, is at stake in this November election. And everybody needs to, by reading this book, you can understand more and, and appreciate more President Trump, appreciate what's at stake. And, it, you know, history always repeats itself, doesn't it? And so it's almost repeating itself in a way, different enemy, Different, different battle, one against Nazism. Here, I think it's against communism in this country, which is what's going on. And two very different but very similar leaders uh, who have, have an opportunity to, to save the world from it. Thank you for being here, Nick. Andrew, it's been a pleasure. All right. Take good care. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We're going to shift gears. We're going we're gonna to talk the college cheating scandal because I got a question for DJ Carrot Sticks on this story. Y'all come on back. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Kay. Spelled K-A-Y-E. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Glad to have you guys here with me. Uh, DJ Carrot Sticks. So the, after all this college cheating scandal, the amount of time... And money on the part of the U.S. government to go after these celebrity parents, um, the 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 big ones, really, the ones that had, that stood to lose the most and get the most jail time was Lori Loughlin of um, Aunt Becky and uh, fashion designer Massimo, who's not aging well, by the way. Massimo, you ain't looking so good. He was he was hot back in the day. So I guess they finally uh, they struck a deal, and she's expected to spend two months in jail and him five months in jail. Um, I posted today out there to everybody to get their thoughts on it. Most people, you know, it went across the board. Some people are like, good, they get what they deserved. Other people are like, I really don't care. One friend of mine gave a really interesting response. He was like, look, I feel like it's the schools that took the bribes and those people that should have been prosecuted. 
not the uh, not the the parents. What did you know? You know, if if they didn't have anybody on the take, then you know, really, they did all that they could do to get their kid in. You know, um, your thoughts? Oh, I think you know. Yeah, both of them are at fault. Uh, I know they did fraudulent. Um, as far as the kids' athletics, they did somehow made it fraudulent. I don't know, paperwork or some kind of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, so they I took pictures of the, the girls on rowing is, machines. Yeah. I, yeah. Do you think the school needs to do more investigation? I, I'm not, I think it's good that, that what they got because they actually, you need to show that you can't do this. They need to, you know, use them as an example that parents can't do this, even though they think that, well, it's okay because I'm doing it for my kids. Well, no, sorry. That doesn't mean you can break the law. Don't do it. I think both sides need to be prosecuted. Just like I think that if you're gonna if you're gonna arrest prostitutes, you gotta arrest the John to go with it. Yeah, I think. You know? Well, I think they, the colleges should definitely be penalized. And if it was like the coach that got them in on the scholarship, then maybe that uh, sport should get penalized. Yeah, from that college. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think I think they just fired the coaches, but I don't think the schools and and the kids didn't suffer any consequence. Because I don't believe for a second that these those girls knew when they sat down on those rowing machines and they had never rowed before that they were being that that their applications were fraudulent. So you know, I, I think that I, I think that they should be prosecuted as well. Overall, though, Jerry Nadler comes out today and says, or yesterday, and says that they're actually going to have house hearings on General Flynn and why the Department of Justice dropped the charges. I mean, you look at what is, is our U.S. government is doing from a prosecutorial standpoint, going after some people full bore. Um, you know, the, the college thing, okay, yeah, um, you know, when you've got other kids that, you know, are busting their butt in high school to get in and they're getting cheated out of a scholarship or whatever for a celebrity, I get that. Okay. Um, but you know, there, there's so much going bad in our justice system right now. When you've got Michael Flynn, somebody like a Michael Flynn that is going to, the only purpose of Jerry Nadler to drag this out with Michael Flynn, they know that these house hearings are, have nothing at all to do with, with the, it's just all about continuing to destroy Michael Flynn and his reputation in order to destroy president Trump. And meanwhile, nobody is being prosecuted. Nobody's being, if I was Lori Loughlin right now, I'd be like, Hey, Y'all spending all this time coming after me when Hillary Clinton violated the Espionage Act? Committed 30,000 felonies with every email that she deleted that was under subpoena? Or how about Jim Comey and those illegal leaks and uh, uh, Strzok and McCabe and all the rest of them? It's, it's pretty, pretty evident, you know, who they go after and who they don't. Yeah, there's no equal justice. It's picking and choosing. It's not across the board. I, I, I've really lost so much respect and confidence in our justice system. And, you know, um, the, the, those on the left want to complain about how justice, you know, for minorities, that there's, it's disproportional in terms of criminal cases against black people versus white. That may be true. But how about caring also about the disproportionality in terms of unequal justice for conservatives out there? Or the peasants versus the elites? When you got, you know, Andrew McCabe and all these high-ranking people and even Obama. We know Obama and Joe Biden were in on that. The whole Obamagate thing. Jerry uh, and uh, Jerry Nadler has also said, uh, and the, the Supreme Court was looking at a request by the House for documents related to unseal secret grand jury proceedings because, as they say, they want to continue with the impeachment. So, A.G. Barr, you're saying that Obama and Biden can't be investigated because and, and people are saying, well, it makes sense because you, we don't do that in this country. We don't criminally investigate presidents or vice presidents. Well, well, look at what they're continuing to do against President Trump. 
insane. All right, I was going to get into this um, progressive group tracking people at, at uh, rallies, which is what Dr. Hotze referenced earlier. We'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow night. See you all tomorrow.